Most of it happened over a beer or a glass of wine around a table discussing um, what we wanted to do. So that was, a, that was a great way to have done it, I think. My name is Will Small. I use poetry to capture snapshots of what it means to be human. There's no better inspiration for this than real-life humans in their natural habitat. So I've been having conversations with all kinds of beautiful, passionate, interesting humans who all call the Central Coast home. From uni students to business owners, artists to activists, young and old. In each of these conversations, a poem is hiding. I'm going to find it and write it. And I'm inviting you to come along for the ride and hear the conversations that spark my creative process. Stick around till the end and you'll get to hear the poem. This podcast has been proudly supported by the Central Coast Council. Join me as I dive into the untold stories of coastal citizens and seek to capture them in an original piece of spoken word poetry. Ben Pierce. G'day. It's uh, it's good to be here with you at the Savoy, which I guess uh, you would be kind of considered the, the founder or the director, but in some ways you're like the resurrector, like you've brought this place back to life yeah um look it's been a it's been a fun little journey amongst some some friends um a brother of and i guy who's a local in this area and myself as well but chatting over a beer um we know the building owners here who uh, have the property downstairs the pawnbrokers and conversations were had and um the space sort of became available to kind of uh make into something that we envisioned and a, and a conversation turned into some planning and the planning turned into some applications being made and some finance being put together and uh, sure. and some hard work and some sweat to get this place looking like it does. So it's yeah. been, a, been a tough a tough but challenging uh, but rewarding uh, little venture. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that soon, but amazing place. Anyone listening who hasn't been to the Savoy in Long Jetty, make sure you get along. Uh, we ran a spoken word night here with you guys recently, which was yeah, pretty awesome. Great. So I'm just going to try and dig out some of the gold in you, get to know you a bit better. So share as openly as you feel comfortable. But how did you end up um, on the Central Coast? I'm presuming you weren't here before the Savoy. Like, what's a bit of your backstory? Yeah, no, I'm I'm from the coast, um, born and bred. Basically, grew up uh, over at uh, Canwell, over the other side of the lake, right. and um, went to Saint Cecilia's at uh, at Wyong uh, Primary School. Um, then we moved to North Entrance, um, mm-hmm. was there when, uh, entered high school, St. Peter's or the old Marta Day at Tugra, um, was there until, uh, from seven to 10 and then went to school in, in Sydney to finish off. So I've sort of been on the coast since I was a small kid and, and then coming into work and, uh, and some uni in Newcastle and, and working in hospitality in Sydney took me out, uh, away from the coast, but family's always been here and. It's always sort of been my home uh, base, I guess, and the security blanket of a, of a parent's house every now and then, which is uh, which is quite nice. So, um, so basically, this sort of venture, which came about in 2016, sort of brought me back, I guess, to yeah. to the coast. Yeah. So I'm somebody who moved here, and uh, I've got my own kind of story of getting to to know the coast and and you know finding the ins and outs of it and and really loving it um but you know it, it must be a totally different experience for somebody who's been 
born born here and and lived here as a kid yeah. uh, when you think back to some of your early memories of this place like what did you think of it and did you like growing up here and yeah i guess yeah. first uh first impressions or first first sort of memories of the coast was going to the beach um soldiers beach as a kid um just sitting on our head up here so that was our go-to spot um and just the the long summers and the long days as a kid um playing sport playing cricket out in the sun um riding bikes doing kid things um finding things to do um spend a bit of time on the lake in boats and things and um a lot of fishing a lot of prawning um, and a lot of the outdoors, which is mm. which I was sort of fortunate enough to living in this place that was pretty free to access all those things. Um, going to the beach most weekends, surfing, hanging out with friends, and uh, something I think it's probably still in the area. Growing up here, I think, um, but it's pretty unique to this part of the part of uh, part yeah. of New South Wales, I guess. Having all these different things around you that you can do. Um, I think if I was in Sydney, it'd be a bit of a different style of yeah, growing sure. up. So very uh, fortunate to have uh, experienced it here on the coast. Yeah, yeah. And you're a, you're a dad now, so you are yep. raising a daughter yeah. here on the coast. She'll have her own sort of, you know, memories and first impressions. And yeah, yeah little bit awesome. little bit daunting. So looking forward to to going through that. She's only she's only three months old. So, um, yeah, very exciting. Yeah. So. Um, You've got two babies, kind of, because uh, the Savoy is pretty, pretty fresh and kind of in its yep. infancy. Maybe learning to walk, you know, developmentally, you <laughs> yeah. know, probably at that stage has a few words. Little yeah. baby growing up, but what's the story behind it? Like, take us back to what's some of the historical story, like yeah. before it was what it is now, sure. and then your story of refurb. Yeah, so the building, so Long Jetty, back in, I guess, post World War Two, it was a family settlement sort of area, um, a place where veterans would get cheap land, come and settle mm-hmm. with their families um, down on the on the lake down the front here. Um, there was boats, boat rentals, fishing. Um, obviously, the beach is just behind us. The entrance down the road was a hot spot of um, families and holidaying as well. But back that post World War Two, this area was sort of buzzing. This was a 840 seat theatre originally, movie theatre. The first um, 840 seat. 840. Theater. So wow. where we have is just the old mezzanine part. Right. So below where the the retail and the pawnbroker is below, that's the old ground floor seating of the theatre. Gotcha. So this would have been um, just, I guess, the overflow area, which yeah, is what right. we use as the as the bar and our. It's what we call our theatre. But the original theatre took up this whole the whole block here and uh, in wow. Long Jetty. So, um, so. It was the first Cinemascope theatre on the Central Coast, which was mm. a big deal, I think, back then from what I'm reading. We've got a lot of the old cutouts, a lot of the old uh, historical information from the building owners, the old family who had mm. that, who were still on the coast, who gave us a few uh, clippings and a few uh, um, a few uh, old uh, advertising um cutouts out of the out of the local paper yeah wow um and my dad spent a bit of time at the library as well going through all the uh going through all the old archives trying to find some info on mm-hmm. on the on the uh on the original building so um it was essentially trading for 20 years as a theater um went through a couple of a uh, couple of changes of owners and then in 1976 ended up closing down mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who, who have been in here who have wondered what what it looks like who had been there previously to watch surf films and as kids coming yeah, into right. the into the into the uh, into the building so it's quite nice to see some of those old faces who would have um, 
been involved in the in the building back in the in the seventies, I guess. Yeah, wow. And earlier, but it was essentially shut down from nineteen seventy six. So downstairs became uh, it was a supermarket. Next door, where the Jimmies was a roller skating rink. So that huge big building okay. there was yep. was a roller skating rink, which I went to as a kid in the eighties. Um, some disco uh, disco roller awesome. roller skating, uh, blue light disco sort of vibe. Um, so. This was a, 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 a supermarket and then uh, in the mid-90s it became a, a pawn shop downstairs, a mm-hmm. pawnbroker. So um, the current owners down there have been trading as a, as a pawnbroker down there for a long time and then this area up here that we're sitting now is was a disused, I guess, storage room. There was an old projector um, sort of box up, uh, up behind where we're sitting here which was where they would have projected the old movies. It would have shone straight through to the back of, uh, the, back of the building and it was all in disrepair. There was mm-hmm. um, there was pigeons everywhere. There was like rubbish dumped up here. There was uh, all the old original furniture had been ripped out. There were no fittings or fixtures anywhere. Mm-hmm. The only things that did survive are the um, are the lights on the side of the walls. Um, they're, they're the original 19, uh, 1950s light fittings that um, we've had yeah, cleaned wow. up and, and polished back and uh, and reinstalled. So you'll see if you go into the pawnbroker below. Um, those lights continue down on the walls yeah, in the pawnbroker. Right. Some of them uh-huh. are broken, some of them have been removed, but some of them are still there. So, um, so that was one of the one of the things that, that yeah. lasted. Um, so then, as the story goes along, from the nineties and two thousands, it was sort of disused. A conversation was had over a beer about uh, about this space, and my brother-in-law, who's uh, best mates with the guys that own uh, the pawnbroker below, with Tyson May and, and Matthew. Um, was that uh, that we're thinking about putting a bar in here? So, a guy, my brother-in-law called me, and and I uh, I was in Sydney at the time. I came up and mm-hmm. had a look, and, and I've been working in hospitality in Sydney for for a long time. Come came and had a look, and we sort of saw the space, and we thought, well, they, they, there's an opportunity here. We could probably yeah. do something. At the time, Long Jetty was probably getting a bit of a renaissance of. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, Glass Onion had been had been happening for a couple of years. Um, Long Jetty Festival was in operation as well. Um, some of the retail shops here, their vintage stores were sort of happening, and there was a bit of a buzz and vibe with Green Tangerine yeah. across uh, across from us as well. Modern Organic was also mm-hmm. in operation across during the uh, yoga and the associated cafe behind it. Um, and then, so we thought the time was kind of right. Yeah. Um, I guess we when we started it out. We probably had some rose-coloured glasses on in terms of how easy it would be to sure. to get it up and running, and and our timeline we had in our head that we chatted about was uh, was probably a year uh, sooner than what it actually happened to be. So, sure. Um, by the time we sort of walked in here to the time we turned the key to open up the door was was two full years. Yeah. Um, right. Of planning, of uh, of council uh, discussions, applications, um, guy and I physically in here um, ourselves with no help really, besides some friends helping out, mm. pulling uh, pulling things out and uh, trying to make it uh, into a state where we can actually fit it out. So it was quite a lot of work for sort of the demo, sure. and then um, fitting it out, um, we used a, a bunch of friends, um, mostly my my brother in law guys friends. Um, from benchmark renovations who who helped us out with all the all mm. the installs so I guess we didn't really have any um, sort of designer um, my sister actually did a lot of the interior design stuff and picked mm-hmm. a lot of the fabrics and a lot of the uh, the fittings so we kind of 
Um, most of it happened over a beer or a glass of wine sure. around a table discussing um, yeah. what we wanted to do. So that was a that was a great way to have done it, I think. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's an incredible space. Uh, the first time I walked in here um, was at the beginning of the year and you guys have just been open for a, a month or two, I guess. And um, I just was pretty blown away. And I, I actually didn't know about the theatre thing or any of the backstory. Yeah. So I just went, came into the bar and then kind of ended up taking a peek up at this bit and just yeah. went, this is epic. Mm. Um, but it's even better kind of hearing some of that backstory and, and hearing that there's this kind of rich history here and kind of mm. uh, you know that it got really into this state of disrepair and mm. you know just i can imagine pigeon crap yeah. everywhere and <laughs> i want to ask you you know obviously there's kind of this rich backstory um but as you think forward as you think about what is yet to come what's mm. kind of your heart or vision you know what do you see for this space and how it sits on the central coast yeah i guess um for this space it's a matter of introducing it to people and i think um, I guess you touched on it then you've walked in you see the bar area and then you kind of come around and look, get a little bit surprised as to what's up the stairs and a lot of people mm. from the front street and in Long Jetty you wouldn't really either, either walk up the stairs and have a look yourself or if you did um, you'd be sort of quite happy with the bar set up and the way it kind of was done and then when you walk yeah. around up and have a look at the theatre part um, it's probably a bit of a shock to a lot of people as in it yeah. would be uh, totally unexpected so um, that's kind of the charm is what what we sort of want as well we kind of want to wow people I guess yeah. um, and show people that things can be done with a bit of foresight and a, and a bit of a uh, bit of effort and these, these sort of spaces, I think, are around the coast and I think it's important that they are maintained. Um, we were really conscious it's a, it's a historically listed building, this one, so we wanted to, um, to sort of retouch on the old 1950s style of, uh, of heritage. So yeah. um, it was important that we maintain that but obviously gave it a modern twist. Um, so we can do things like you've done with your spoken word night. We've got some other stand-up comedy happening uh, soon. Awesome. Obviously, we're showing movies um, during the weeks and uh, from anything from, um, you know, the old classics. We've shown uh, Casablanca to Pulp Fiction to Last Night Was Pretty Woman. We've got um, the Andy Irons doco, doco this weekend and surf movies and Endless Summer and the the venue lends itself to so many different things yeah. and it's hard to kind of um, compare it with anything else. So um, that's probably the unique um, room that we have here is that we can't be compared to, you know, yeah. bar X down the road or bar Y down up the street. Um, yeah. We can kind of have the ability to do what we want with it. Um, at the same time, we're a, we are a bar and we are um, a food operation as well. So we operate that downstairs and upstairs is open for all sorts of different things. So um, we're looking forward to this year coming, working with some other people to get some other ideas and get some other things happening in this room. And um, we have some of those conversations happening now, so we're very excited with some other stuff coming up uh, towards the back end of the year. And it's going to be a full year since we've been trading, so it gives us a chance to learn from some mistakes that we made and some things that we, you know, some challenges that we faced. Um, so... I Which think. is always an important part of the story. Yeah. Any, anyone yeah. doing anything great, and I mean, it's probably some of that's probably a bit fresh, and you're probably like, oh, like it would have been nice to avoid yeah. that. But you know, hopefully, long term, those are the things that are just part of the, you know, the unfolding story of something great. I think there's always those sort of roadblocks and obstacles along the way. Yeah, indeed. Um, 
That is awesome. Part of the reason I wanted to interview you was because when I did first meet you, it was kind of that whole idea of coming in here and seeing, oh, this is an amazing space, but it's obviously run by people who, um, one, are committed enough to put in all of that work, bringing a space to life, honouring its heritage, being really thoughtful about every detail, but two, obviously caring about about culture and creativity and fostering um, a place where people can come and eat and drink as well as experience art and music mm. and kind of all the good things in life, mm. which is awesome. So if we kind of take the Savoy out of the equation for a moment, none of that would have happened without, without you and without um, Tiana, your partner. Yep. Um, so tell me a little bit about just you as a person, what, what is kind of the driving passion that would lead you to do something crazy like that? What are kind yeah. of some of the things that you really want to do in the world? Good question. Um, I guess having worked in hospitality for a long time, um, being able to be creative and being able to express yourself creatively when it's your own money invested, when it's your own um, effort invested, you know, 12 months of our lives where we worked basically for nothing here every day, mm. you know, till on, the, on the tools, lifting up things, putting things down, getting sore backs and doing these things, um, I guess that sort of grafting for a while to try and make this space what it is. And I guess that's a reflection of, um, I guess, how I am, my, my personal motivation. Um, nothing's given to you. You need to work for everything that, that you get. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, I have everything, but we are on the way to be trying to get into a position where the labour that you put in, um, mm. you'll hopefully get a return on that. Mm-hmm. Um it's not all smooth sailing. There's been lots of bumps, but my personal motivation is, um, is, is, is that the hard work that you do put in, the, the reward that you get at the end of that um, is hopefully worth that pain. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this interview. We're going to get back into it in just a tick, but I wanted to take a moment to invite you to be a part of the process of creating this work. Podcasts are free to listen to, but they aren't free to create. I would love to keep interviewing interesting humans and writing poems about them, but I could use your help to make it happen. If you're digging the Poetic Beings podcast, I want to invite you to consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash willsmall. For as little as $1 a month, you'll receive exclusive unpublished poetry written by me sent straight to your inbox. At higher levels of giving, uh, rewards include things like contributing interview questions, or having my next book posted to you with a handwritten note, or even getting your own poem written by yours truly. I so appreciate your support. If you want to check out my other creative work, you can go to willsmall.com.au, or I run a small creative business called Lead by Story, helping people to nail their message and make every word count. If that's of interest, you can head to leadbystory.com.au. I find that often the most interesting stuff uh, comes out of the most difficult stuff. You know, people become stronger, more resilient, more creative through some of the challenges and setbacks. Um, So I'm just wondering, and you can, you know, answer this question however you like. You can think about the Savoy or you can think, you know, beyond this into other areas of life. But what are some of the most difficult things you've been through that you feel have shaped maybe that kind of sense of motivation or that sense of, you know, what matters or, you know just who you are. Yeah, I guess um, 
this year's been 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 pretty tough for me personally. Um, obviously, opening up the venue was a was a big hard thing. This was back in October, September, October last year. That was a big stressful pressure point. You think, oh, things can't get too much, you know, too much worse than than having to go through the stress to open up a venue, and then um, then we start trading, which is good, and then um, and then. We ended up uh, having a baby that happened in uh, in April this year, which was a huge blessing. And you kind of don't know how that's going to go with a new venue and then the mm-hmm. baby, which was which was great. Um, but then certainly it occupies your time, and you think you you know you probably used to be time poor prior to having a kid, and then you're having a kid, and you think, oh, where am I getting this time from? Um, and then my father passed away in April. Uh, sorry, in May um, on my birthday um, after a Man. after a series of. Uh, a bit of a, a series of sickness um, with pulmonary fibrosis, which is a irreversible sort of lung condition, um, sadly. So um, when that happened, it completely rocked, you know, all of us. And mm. having to have these things thrown on you, it, it just probably shows your resilience if you can sort of, um, I guess you need to have that time to reflect and think about your feelings and think about how the impact those things have on you. Um, but you also get to be put in a position where you can find a way out of it and hopefully work towards things that are going to, um, you know, improve your position and your, in your mental state. Um, waking up and, and cuddling a, a newborn baby is also, is one of those things, mm. um, you know, having this venue be, um, you know, hopefully it impacting people's lives and people coming down and enjoying it yeah. um, also helps with that as well. Um, you know, having some other goals and things to work towards helps you focus on what you need to do to get yourself out of that headspace of a position where you might be uh, can either can go either way sometimes. So yeah, depends on each individual person. But this year's been extremely uh, challenging, I guess. And um, yeah, as long as you huge. can keep a smile and, and keep moving forward, that's probably uh, the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about if you've reflected on this, but, um, I, I guess soon after becoming a dad, um, I experienced some, some really difficult things and, um, some probably more difficult than I'd ever experienced before. At the same time, I was experiencing more uh, joy and wonder than ever before as I held this tiny human. Mm. And it's pretty crazy how you can be in that space of both grief and kind of joy at the same time and all kind of muddled together, yeah, man. So. It's um it's it's you're exactly right. It's hard to it's hard to separate the two, but they're certainly two completely different things. Um so the good thing was I guess um my father was able to um to meet little baby Gia and they got some good time together and that was mm. probably the melding of those two um feelings, I guess, the highs and the lows. Um the melding of those two was um some great photos and videos of dad and Gia yeah. together and um those things are gonna live in, you know, live on in perpetuity. So um I guess you can reflect on those things to help you push through. So Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, really powerful. Well, one more question, and then I want to do something slightly creative with you, which I haven't given you a heads up about. <laughs> but my last question of my official questions um, is just, you know, as you think back on uh, maybe the journey of, of um, getting this place off the ground, what's kind of a key lesson that you learned that you think other people could benefit from hearing? You know, something that if you could try and summarize it in a couple sentences, you think, you know, people might be able to apply wherever they're at. Yeah, I guess um, the biggest one we had is um is obviously the the planning um a lot of people 
will go into things um, without doing the correct amount of homework, without doing the correct amount of analysis of what they're doing. I mean, nothing can beat experience. If you've worked in hospitality long enough, um, you know what you're doing and you, you, know, you, you can stand on your own two feet in someone else's business. Um, you can probably do it in your own. A lot of people might do one or two years in hospitality and think they know the world and then can open their own business and go, oh, I didn't think of this, this, this and this. Um, yeah. But I'm probably old enough and ugly enough to be able to have gone through the highs and lows with someone else's money to be able to do it with my own in a way that um, will hopefully not bring about, uh, you know, will certainly be a more efficient manner and be able to hopefully make a venue work and, and thrive. So, um we're still in the infancy here with this venue. I'm not suggesting that we have all the answers, but I suggest that having the experience under your belt mm. and doing the hard yards for someone else for a long time probably puts you in good stead to do it for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's no shortcuts, I guess, is that yep. is that answer. There's no easy way and there's no shortcuts. So Yeah, and the, the planning thing is huge. I think there's, there's a quote from maybe Abraham Lincoln or somebody around, you know, if I was going to cut down a tree, I'd spend 90% of the time sharpening the blade. Yeah. Um, that whole idea that actually the work you spend up front, which seems kind of boring and not as glamorous as the thing you're trying to do yep. is and the more time you spend there, yeah. you know, the more success you have That's on the great. other side. That's yeah. good. And man managing the stress as well. That's, you know, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you take it one bite at a time when you think yep. things are overwhelming, you think things are, getting you down and how can I get through this? Um, that's one thing I, I felt. But then when you look back on it, I was feeling that way at the time a while back. Then I've had three or four other big things being thrust on me yeah. um, since then. So it's like eating, you know, three or four elephants. So um, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, been a... Yeah, ready for a yeah, nap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what I want to do real quick um, is uh, I'm going to write a poem about you. I'm going to try and capture a little bit of the story of Ben and, and what you're about from what I've heard here, which Amazing. is which is always fun. Uh, but I just want to kind of try and uh, invite you quickly into the poetic process. I'm going to ask you some real quick questions and I want you just to give me the kind of gut response, don't overthink it, and um, just whatever comes to your mind. Okay. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. So if you, Ben, were a time of day, you looked at the clock and you saw yourself on the clock, what time would you be? Uh, 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Any particular reason? Because uh, it's after lunch. It's almost time to go home, so you're feeling pretty happy. Um, you put in a good day's work, and uh, you're thinking about what's ahead and what you're going home to. Love it. Um, if you were um, a meal served up on a plate, you know, I went to the, the bar down here at the Savoy and got something off the menu, what would most uh, encapsulate who you are? Well, we don't serve... Um, like an eye fillet steak at all here, but I would be an eye fillet steak, I think, with um, with some mash and veg, I think. Nice. What about a drink as kind of a hospitality? Is there a drink that would summarise your personality? Maybe uh, maybe a – look, I, I think it's going to be a craft beer. It would have to be a like an XPA beer, so it's a little bit tropical. It's certainly the, the beer vibe. Uh, XPA has a bit of fruit. Uh, to mm. it, not not saying that I'm too fruity, but it certainly has a um, has an aroma, has a bit of a substance to it. Um, it's not just your everyday lager. It's got a bit of it's got a bit of uh, got a bit of zest, I guess. Love that, love that. That's a great way to introduce yourself next time you're at a party or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, I've got a bit of zest to me. <laughs> not just I'm still a beer. <laughs> uh, let's do one more last question. If you were a landscape, 
what kind of landscape would you be? I just looked at, as soon as you said that, I looked at like a really lush green, uh, lush green outlook. So I'm sort of thinking, um, I'm sort of thinking like a Blue Mountain sort of vibe. Um, there's some hills, there's some valleys, um, there are some nice bright blues. Um, I think it's a, it's a bit rocky, but it's also a bit smooth. Um, so I think I'd be looking at it uh, something like sitting at uh, a Katoomba somewhere looking over the mountains. Beautiful, beautiful. Now I want to go to Katoomba, drink an XPA, <laughs> yeah. have an eye fillet Yeah, steak. exactly. That's Sounds me. awesome. You'll see me at the end, yeah. Sounds good. Man, thank you so much for your time and uh, opening up a little bit of your story. Really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I'll be encouraging everyone I know to get along and support this place because it's awesome. Thank you, Will. Appreciate your support, mate. sees opportunity amidst the pigeon shit. It's a conversation over a drink and he can picture it. Walk up the stairs and feel the rhythm hit. Resurrect yesterday, but make it different. There is a rich story here, 40 year break between chapters. But tomorrow is being written where yesterday happened. Cast your mind back. Following an era marked by global conflict In this small strip of land on this big continent Between the lake and the ocean The scene where people watching moving images on screen Are taken to places they have never been Now fast forward 76 was the year the doors closed And everything has an ending I suppose But every ending leaves space where the new thing could go So Ben's imagination is in activation but between an idea and its realization, there is blood, sweat, and planning. How to tear down the past but keep its bones standing. Browse through cutouts, clippings, archives, old pictures. Take down, polish, and reinstall the light fittings. Leave clues around for those who have eyes to see the connections with what has come before we sat in these seats and drank these beers. When you sit in these seats and drink with your friends, just remember that's how something like this can begin. But it is not all rose-coloured glasses. Ben breathes in baby skin and remembers the loss of his dad. This cocktail mixes the good and the bad, the highs and the lows, the joy and the grief, fruit on the tree and the roots underneath. The stories that we will be most proud to tell are often one foot in heaven, one foot in hell. But Ben is a mountainscape, rocky and smooth, who knows you don't stand to gain what you aren't ready to lose. And so, he sees opportunity amidst the pigeon shit. There's a conversation over a drink and he can picture it. Walk up the stairs and you'll feel the rhythm hit. Because he resurrected yesterday but made it different.